Welcome back to the podcast, everything you never needed to know about movies, music, and theater. I am your host, Matt. And in keeping with the theme that I've been doing the last couple uh, weeks, uh, we have another episode of Inside Sherwood Studios, where we talk to a uh, performer uh, of their previous work, work that's coming up and things that we want to definitely talk about. And I have a really amazing guest here. Um, He is a actor, uh, both in film and theater. He has done voiceover. He has done uh, various training. He is a commercial actor. He knows fencing, juggling, shotgun, uh, shotgun skeet shooting, archery, frisbee, volleyball, basketball, fire building, ASL, um, and um, many other things. And is currently a member of the Actors Project New York, uh, www.theactorsprojectnyc.com. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. Richard Johnson. Thank you so much on the show, Richard. My pleasure, Matthew. Thanks for having me. So the purpose of this show is to basically talk to artists and um, chart their, um, basically their, um, from where they began to where they are. And so the um, best way to begin the begin is to start at the beginning. Uh, where were you born? Where was I born? I was born in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. <laughs> and did you grow up in Woonsocket? I did not. I grew up in North Kingstown, Rhode Island. So still in the same state, but went from city to suburbia when I was three years old. So. And what was a childhood like? I had a great childhood. I grew up in a household with uh, three generations. It was my, um, my grandmother, my, my dad's mom, uh, my mom and dad, uh, my sister and I, we were the neighborhood house. We were the house that everybody came to, uh, had a bunch of friends still am friends with a lot of those people from from childhood um yeah i i i do you know i look back on it i had a i really did have a good childhood it was excellent so and um obviously looking uh, you became performer um how early did you get the acting bug or the performing bug as it were so uh, the very first play that i big play that I did was uh, my junior year of high school. I was uh, 16. I I know you know me a little bit, Matthew, and you might find this next statement hard to believe, but (laughs) previous to that, I was painfully shy. I've gotten over it, as you can tell, but uh, but, yeah, I was, I I was very shy. I didn't, I didn't know that if I had talents and gifts to be able to present. So I, I auditioned for the, the musical that the high school, my high school was doing called A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. Mm-hmm. I know the show. And uh, yep, landed the role of Miles <laughs> Gloriosus, who is a loud, big captain who comes in to, uh, he's there to buy a couple of virgins is what his whole plan is. Um, you know, he buy, he's there to buy a, a virgin. And anyway, he has a couple of great songs and I had yeah, a, that. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have picked that part for you, my friend. Well, I appreciate that. I would have, um, I would have given, that's... I would, I would have said pseudolus or even at the very least my, um, um, Lycus. 
um some really go. good comedy roles yeah <laughs> yeah so they yeah they gave me that one uh and then the next year my senior year of high school we did oklahoma and i was honored to do curly uh in oklahoma and that is what caught the acting bug for me um went to college for three years uh, did a whole bunch of theater at the University of Rhode Island, and then after three years was called to join a Christian theater company called Covenant Players, which I um, I worked and traveled with for 26 years. Wow. Where did you, where'd you guys travel? Oh, so uh, so the, at the time, the company covered the world, uh, where my personal uh Travels took me, let's see, I started in, well, it felt like a foreign country to me uh, because I started in Los Angeles. Um, and this this little boy from Rhode Island, uh, working and traveling in, in, in a place like Los Angeles was a completely foreign concept to me. I was 20 years old and I knew, I was like, it was so weird. Uh, to the point that like the first uh, fast food restaurant I was taken to, I ordered a large drink and everyone asked me why I was doing that. Well, this was 1987 in, in Rhode Island. We didn't have those banks of soda machines where you can walk up at a fast food restaurant and serve yourself. Didn't have those in Rhode Island. So I didn't know that that's what you did in California. So then I learned you, you order the small and then just keep refilling. Anyway, um, but in terms of exotic locations, uh, well, I met my wife, um, the woman who had become my wife um, after I'd been in about a year. Uh, we we did have a very whirlwind romance. We we uh, met after three weeks. We got engaged, and after six months, we got married. And um, that was uh, over thirty three years ago that we got married. So so I, I guess it stuck. <laughs> so uh, we we did have two kids as well. But we traveled um, in uh, the Republic of South Africa uh, mm -hmm. for two and a half years. And we were there from nineteen ninety two to nineteen ninety four, and. Um, those were the years in between the transition between the governments. It was the last, we got there just as de Klerk was uh, declaring the last all white vote referendum. Mm -hmm. And we left just as Mandela was being elected. So we were there for that two and a half years of transition, which was pretty incredible time to be there. Yeah. Um, so you, so you, so you were there just as the apartheid was close, was, was um, failing. Yes. Ending. Yeah, ending. Completely. Yeah, yeah. It was being it was being shut down and then transitioning <laughs> to a, a multiracial government, multi-party wow. government, which was wow. yeah, pretty incredible time. When I when I think about it, I'm like, wow, we, we literally lived history. <laughs> well, I know you, you had know? said I know you had said that um, that you uh, you you and your lovely wife uh, were missionaries, and that, so that's really interesting that that's where you guys mm -hmm. ended up. I didn't I actually I didn't know that personally. Um, right. So when did you come back to the uh, to the states? Did you come back right after? Or did you still continue to travel after you? So uh... no, we kept traveling. So that was 90, uh, 94, We came back uh, and <laughs> went through some more culture shock because we transferred from South Africa to Canada. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> It was so you, anyway. You went from sh shorts to a winter coat. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, I will tell you, we did get cold a couple of times in South Africa when because Joburg is at the same uh, height elevation wise as as uh, Denver, Colorado. Oh, right. okay. Yeah. So it, but it doesn't get cold for as long there. Trust me. Mm -hmm. um, and and but yeah. So Canada. My wife is Canadian, so mm -hmm. 
she was familiar with it and, and helped me uh, acclimate, so to speak. And that's where both of our kids were born. Oh, wow. It was up, okay. in, uh, it was up in Canada. So they are dual citizens. They're American Canadian. Hey, lucky um, for them. <laughs> yeah, ex yeah, exactly. So uh, we were there for nine years and then we transferred down uh, to Rhode Island to cover the New England states uh, with Covenant players. And then it became clear that we were, it, our time there was coming to an end. And um, after 30 years, my wife left and I stayed a couple more years to bring my time up to 26 years and it was time for me mm. to go as well, so. And um, do I remember correctly that you are a, uh, a minister of sorts in, in your church? <laughs> a minister of sorts. That, that's probably about the best way that anybody could describe it, Matthew. Yeah, uh, I am a minister <laughs> of sorts. So I, um, I will tell you that I, I started life by telling the Lord there's two things I would never do for him. I would never be a pastor and I would never be a missionary. And one of the two things that you did. <laughs> and those are the two things. Yes, yeah, exactly. So I was 20, a missionary for 26 years. It just was not your traditional missionary. I did it through drama. Um, and I came through the pastorship quite not in a, in a you know, straight line either. Uh, there's a little tiny church in Exeter, Rhode Island that, at, that was looking for somebody to preach twice a month. They have services first and third Sundays, and we just need somebody to preach twice a month. Uh, and that was uh, almost five years ago, and I've been preaching every other Sunday uh, since. Yeah, so, um, so it's, God, it's so, a, so, you, so you prayed to God for those two things not to happen, and God said, ha, you're funny. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Man plans, God laughs. Um, yeah, well, uh, uh, I, the, the old saying of uh, how, do you, uh, how do you make God laugh? You make a plan. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So uh you know like i say um but in the meantime i was also so after i stopped being a missionary i i really wasn't sure what i was going to do with my life um i did try to go out and get that weird little thing called a job uh and and i am not designed to do that mm -hmm, yeah uh, sitting behind a desk answering phones no i i i, I can't uh i am i'm designed to be out with people entertaining performing in one fashion or another uh, but I also wanted to do ministry because I'd done it for so long. And um, two things happened. Uh, I I got an, I, I auditioned for a play at a local dinner theater, semi-professional dinner theater, and got cast. Mm -hmm. And right about the same time, I got a phone call from a friend of mine asking me if I had ever considered being a chaplain for the Boy Scouts. Okay. And the answer to that was no, because I was never even a Boy Scout. I didn't know <laughs> Boy Scouts had such things as chaplains. So, um, but he and I sat down and talked about it and I accepted <laughs> at the time I thought it was going to be for one summer uh, to be the Protestant chaplain at Yagu Scout Reservation in Rhode okay. Island which is the second largest scout camp in the entire country wow um, I've come to find out and that was uh this summer I will be doing my eighth summer as Protestant chaplain very nice so yeah but I there I use my drama as well um I can you imagine know, the Lord puts it all together and he, well, and the nice thing about being in other cultures as I was for 26 years uh, is I learned how to learn cultures. Mm. So the Boy Scouts have their own culture. They have their own language. Yeah. Uh, you know, they have things that they do that uh, to an outsider look weird, but thankfully I was able to learn. I mean, I'm, and I'm also, you know, not afraid to ask questions, even if they sound really stupid sometimes. Like, what is that? And, and thankfully, the staff's gotten used to me. They're like, okay, chaplain, this is what that is. Oh, thanks. Appreciate it. And then we move on. So. That's really funny. Like, reminds yeah. me of like MASH 
when the chaplain keeps asking questions and they're like, don't worry about it. <laughs> Father Mulcahy, one of my favorite characters in all yeah. of MASH. Love Father Mulcahy. Talk to me about the Actors Project in NYC, because that was prominent on your on your resume. How'd you get involved right. with that? So the Actors Project, um, I came across them because of COVID, oddly enough. Um, being a, a performer, everything that I was planning to do and was getting paid for disappeared when COVID hit, when the pandemic, the shutdown happened. I, I suddenly was not performing anymore didn't stop me from looking and throwing in my resume to all kinds of different places. Um, and I came across the Actors Project and they're a group that their, their goal is to help people get um, agents uh, or representation. Now, I, this is not to dissuade anyone else who's listening from checking them out. They have not yet helped me get representation, but I will also say this, um, the two people that I dealt with the most in the actors project are both as confused by that as I have been. They don't understand why nobody's calling me. In 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 the sense that I I do understand it in this way. Well, okay, that's not the right timing. The Lord doesn't have that for me yet. Okay, I'm 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 okay. Mm. Um, I, would I like representation? Sure, of course. I mean, give it, they they have you know access to different kinds of opportunities. But um, they are a wonderful group. You, um, I did an online showcase with them. I also was one of two singers selected uh, to, to be in the showcase as well. Um, so uh, I, I really have nothing but good things to say. And one of the things, I mean, you do have to pay to join the Actors Project, but it's a, it's a one-time lifetime fee. Like, it, you know, 15 years from now, if I decide to go back and do another showcase, as <laughs> long as they're still open, I'm a member. I can do it. It doesn't cost me anything. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, looking at your resume, there's at least two um, before we get to the, obviously what we're going to what we really want to talk about. Um, <laughs> there are two there are two shows I want to ask you about because they're very interesting knowing what I know about you and obviously your background is, you know, and uh, your pastors, pastor of sorts. I'd love to yeah. talk to you about the last of the red hot lovers. Um, okay. That seems very ah interesting for someone of you know so yeah how did the, how did Do you that, know the show i i love well so neil simon is a huge influence on me as a playwright and i've read okay. all, all of his plays so i know it really. incredibly well which is why i'm asking so talk to me, it. Talk, no, to me yeah. talk to me about that show if you don't mind i i don't mind at all so um as i started doing uh, more performing here in rhode island um uh, became friends with a, a director. Uh, his name's Tony Anacone. And he was casting for the show. And while I'm, I mean, you know me, I'm, I'm tall. I'm, you know, I'm not the typical person that would be cast as Barney. Yes, I know. So the thing, the thing that I appreciated about Tony is he understood that uh, he trusted me to be able to inhabit Barney uh, maybe not in exactly the same way everyone else did, but but to still be able to bring that nerd-like quality out, yeah. um, having done so many different kinds of roles, I, 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 you know, he had the trust to, you know, direct me around, and I, I absolutely um, love doing the show. Yeah, um, and I, I love your, I, I love your description of uh, uh, Barney Cashman as a middle-aged sad sack. <laughs> very much so. I mean, that's who he. I mean, because I mean, he fails four times at, at 
well, three times at having an affair, and then even his own wife won't come meet him for a quickie. So, you know, he just, <laughs> just that guy who's, he's trying too hard in all the wrong places, you know what I mean? And, right. and I mean, and I think everybody can relate to that at one time or another, where you're, you're banging your head against a wall and trying to do something, and then you realize that really isn't the way it's supposed to go. I, right. I made lifelong friends during that show. I really did. Um, and it's, it, you know, and in fact, the the place where I, um, the place where I I just finished directing a show, okay. um, a, at the same theater where I was able to be in uh, Last of the Red Hot Lovers. So yeah, nice. Um, and the other show I want to ask about because honestly, I don't see it very often on resumes anymore, which is really sad uh, when someone comes to audition for me. I never see it. Parade. As Governor John Slayton, I love that show. Alfred Urey and uh, Jason Robert Brown's brilliant, brilliant, brilliant piece. And you play kind of like the saving grace, like the very kind of saintly guy. You know, you have to be convinced, obviously, by the wife, but then you realize that, you know, uh, um, he, Leo Frank might be innocent. And one of my favorite scenes is your character going to see jim in lockup when he's on the chain gang and basically he goes all psychopath on you like you know you ever been part of a chain gang governor and and you know the the, yep. the rain will fall and all that kind of stuff so talk to me about parade i, I i'd love to hear that mm. so again i was i was looking to expand some of my performing here in rhode island and uh, i saw an audition for parade uh, for a group called with a group called academy players um, went up and auditioned. Now I gotta be, I gotta tell you that I had not done a musical since college. And I did this one, the parade ended just before the pandemic started. Mm -hmm. So it had been, okay. Most of the people in the play with me hadn't been born yet. The last time I had done a musical, <laughs> So Academy Players does tend to have a, a younger audience, a younger, younger clientele, people who come in to perform. But I went in um, not knowing very much about the musical, but liking the story, uh, then did some research on the story and they offered me the role of Governor Slayton. And I, I said, absolutely, I'd be, I'd be happy to do it. It was such a different process to go back to cut my teeth again on the music. Um, <laughs> You know, because again, I, I mean, I sing, but I hadn't done a musical and that's, you know, we inhabit that just in a different spot as actors and performers. Um, loved it, had a had an amazing time. Again, uh, some lifelong friends that I had. Um, kind of cool part was that a couple of the, the younger ladies who were in there, um, you know, people were putting in the Facebook group, you know, you know, what's your favorite kind of music? And I was like, well, okay, contemporary Christian. And all of a sudden they were like, me too. <laughs> and so um, I was like, oh, okay. So then they were like, oh, good. And, and just being able to start talking, you know, sharing those kind of stories with them. Um, and, and really, um, again, just being able to bond, have, uh, meet new people, um, I just, I loved the music and once and again once I started really researching it, holy smokes, what an incredible story! And it's, you know the yeah. fact that Governor Slayton he he pardons Leo Frank as best he can, um, at least stops him from you know the hangman's news at the cost of his political career. Mm. 
And I just don't know a lot of other politicians these days who would be willing to do that. Not in this day and age, unfortunately, but that, yeah, but yeah, uh, <laughs> to go from no music from in college to then go to Jason Robert Brown's sophisticated, multi-layered um, music, I mean, that must have been an education just for you in that moment in time. Huge education. A great <laughs> music director that we had, but it was, it was I was like, because everyone, of course, you know, you look at the guy with the, the gray hair and you're like, oh, he must know everything. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm a rookie. I'm probably more rookie than you guys are because I've done like, in terms of known musicals, two of them. And, you know, that's it. So once we, once they um, started to find out who I was and we all were able to start, you know, talking and they were like, oh, okay, that's why. I'm like, yeah, that's why there's sometimes that I sit there going, I have no idea what I'm about to do, you know. <laughs> that's but, funny. But it really was, it was an incredible, uh, incredible uh, opportunity. And uh, yeah. Again, I, I would go and perform with that group again anytime. So, so this brings us to um, what we're here, obviously, to talk about and to promote um, the Diary of Perpetua. What a yes, process, what a, um, a project, what an amazing project. I got to see it from the sidelines, which I'm totally fine with. So talk to me. How did the, how did this show, how did this movie come to you how did how did you find out about it how did you decide you were going to audition for this so i am um, i subscribe to a number of casting sites um one of which is casting calls boston and at one point they put out a notice saying by the way we have a new branch under our wing uh, that you can pay for if you choose it's called faith-based casting and I said, yes. <laughs> um, now, I will admit that most of the faith-based castings that have come across my uh, purview are not in this area, yeah. in Rhode Island, in New England. They are they're filmed in Texas, so they're filmed in Alabama. You know, they're, they're, they're further away, California, um, even the Midwest. And I just... I, I look and, you know, I will submit for some things, um, but, you know, I was a missionary for 26 years, so it's not like I can just fly wherever the heck I feel like to go <laughs> perform. And then I saw that, it, you know, Diary of Perpetua. Now, I previously knew the story of Perpetua, mm -hmm. again, because of the Christian theater company I belong to. They are our, our founder and director and playwright had written a play called Carthage 203, okay. um, which is a much more a shorter version, shall we say, of what, uh, you know, Jasmine helped bring to life on uh, with the diary of Perpetua. Uh, but Perpetua and Felicitas and that the, their whole relationship in there. And um, so I knew the story, loved the story mm -hmm. and uh, read for one of the roles that, you know, looked at, look, I do look, you know, age wise. OK, who am I going to fit? Right. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, not only not only what my chronological actual age is, but what my look is, because that's another thing I'm learning. Um, so I'm like, so I threw in actually for one of the guards. And I got a message back uh, from Jasmine saying, would you read for this role? We'd like to hear what you bring to this role, which is satirists, uh, the role I ended up getting, which, um, you know, I, I, part of me wanted to, to joke with her about the fact that she just decided to typecast. <laughs> um, but in the same token, I think she did an incredibly brilliant job of casting just in, when as bringing everybody together. Satirist is a man who um, 
has a pastor's heart who who loves his flock and who will do anything for them hmm. and does uh, to the point of giving up his own life. And I, I was like, man, you just like, you're just going to hand this to me, um, <laughs> you know? Um, it, it, but it was amazing to see when it was being filmed here in, in, in well, being filmed in Massachusetts. I was like, oh, that I can get to. Um, did a lot of praying because I wasn't sure about timing. Um, because I am a chaplain at a Boy Scout camp, and could I get back and forth? Um, one of the things that that blessed me tremendous, well, so many things blessed me tremendously about this project, but one of them was the diversity in the casting. Mm. Um, I actually, I love going around and telling everybody that I was the token white guy. <laughs> I mean, you and uh, Rich uh, Swigger were pretty much, right. yeah. But, but in, yeah, in terms of the, in terms of the, the martyrs, I was the token white guy. Yeah. Right. Rich Swingle was a guard. That's the role that I, you know, originally went for. Um, trust me, I'm so happy I got to be satirist. Uh, well, we man, filled, we filled, it, it was filled with a rich, a rich ended up playing a guard. I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's how you do that. Yes. No, absolutely. <laughs> and Rich and Rich Swingle and I have since worked on a project together um, uh, in Cleveland, oddly enough, of all places. Um, but uh, the other thing was that Jasmine was very willing to accommodate my schedule mm. because at the camp, you know, I do a daily worship service and I knew I couldn't get away from the camp until a certain time. And so mm -hmm. she was willing to start each shooting day at 10 and run it like 10 to six. And then I would go back and come back. Um, and then in the middle of all of that, uh, the day I was scheduled to come up, the camp got closed out of an abundance of caution because of a tropical storm moving up the coast. That's right. I remember. Yeah. So it got closed on Thursday and was not going to open again until the following Monday. So I was able to stay Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, left Monday night. So, but that meant I stayed and we could do more filming. We could change the schedule. Mm -hmm. uh, got to bond with people a whole lot more. Thank God had that time. Then, you know, drove back for the one night, uh, did my morning service, drove back up with my wife, who is also an, uh, an atmosphere person in the movie, mm -hmm. Sharon, and um, filmed that day. And I believe I came back one more day on, for that Wednesday to close. Every, yes, I did. I came back on that Wednesday to close everything out. Uh, that was the la that was the wrap day for all of the the martyrs. Right. Um, yeah. And and so um, obviously you were part of like an ensemble. Obviously, it's the Diary of Perpetua. So um, Kyla was the is essentially the lead. But what was it like working? You know, Nathan, Ty, Charles, um, Kyla, and, and Leah. What was that? what was it like what was that group dynamic like for you it you know it was it really was a lot of fun um again we you know coming into this there were those of us who had done uh, a few movies before had done some screen work and then we had absolute raw talent i mean kyla i believe it was her first uh, tie and nathan absolutely first movie yeah um and yet what i loved is that everybody just jumped in and we trusted each other from the get-go. 
um, there was not, there was, there wasn't that, that I've worked on a number of movie sets and, and you tend to run against egos quite a bit on, Mm. on movie sets. No, even if you are an extra, you run up against the egos of the other extras. And, and I will admit that's one of the things that drives me crazy because I'm there just to do my job. Mm -hmm. Do I try, do I strive to do it well? And do I strive to do it to the best of my ability, no matter what I'm doing? Absolutely. But not to overshadow or lord it over anybody else. And so having that opportunity just to, to talk, um, to visit, um, to, to get to know people, to, to strengthen bonds. Um, I mean, Ty actually looked at me and asked if I could adopt him. And I said, well, you already are adopted. <laughs> and he said, well, um, I said, I appreciate the, the affirmation though. Um, you know, I, I, we bonded so much. He invited me up to be a part of his baptism when he was oh, baptized. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was incredible. And I, and, and that opportunity, my wife was able to go with me to, to see him baptized. Um, you know, these are, these are things that happen on rare occasions in sets, mm. you know what I mean? You like, I've done movies where I'm like, that was awesome. Thanks so much. Bye. And I can't even <laughs> tell you who I, who I did it with. You know what I mean? Unless I go back and look and then I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah those people were in it. This is one that I cannot imagine that I'm going to forget these people anytime soon. Right, you know, and have a great uh, reunion in heaven with the real people, you know, the actual perpetua and the actual satirist and the actual secundalist, you know, and they'll be like, Good job. Uh, yeah, hopefully, that was close. You know? I think that was close. I would have changed, you know. Um, and uh, obviously, we've uh, we've, we've experienced um. Uh, Ms. Myers, Jasmine Myers, who runs uh, Still Small, was the director and the writer. What was it like working with Jasmine? I told Jasmine, and I will continue to say this until somebody proves me wrong, that she is literally the best director I've ever worked with. Uh, Realize, again, 26 years in a Christian theater company, working in a lot of uh, other things. I've worked with a lot of directors. I can tell you from the very first moment. Um, okay, well, the first thing we filmed was the snoring, but never mind. That's another story. <laughs> um, but the first thing I had to say uh, was the scene where uh, Satyrus reveals that he has turned himself in. Mm. He wasn't arrested with the rest of the Christians, but he turns himself in. Uh, we did one take. We did another take. And Jasmine just came over quietly and spoke to me and gave me a direction. In fact, didn't even give me a direction. She gave me a thought. She asked me how I would deliver it to my church. How would, how would you say this to your church? Mm. And I said, okay. And she looked at me and walked away and said, whenever you're ready. I stepped on again. And by the way, I have I have now seen that clip. Mm-hmm. Jasmine was able to forward it to me. And I remember your words when cut was called. Because you as the uh, uh, film guy, the cinematographer, I remember you saying, oh yeah, that's the take. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> in the moment, I was like, okay. When I watched it, I went, oh, that's what they meant. Yeah. 
you know, it, she was, Jasmine was encouraging. She was gentle. She was, she was solid when she needed to be. I, and, and I don't mean that she was wishy-washy at other times, but there were times where it was, okay, we need to give the actors some breathing space. This is some intense work we're doing. Okay. We're talking about people who give up their lives and they mm -hmm. do it willingly and not flippantly. It is yeah. a, it's a fight and a struggle. Right. I mean, satirists, okay, he's the older one. It doesn't nest it doesn't mean he's, oh hey, let me get thrown to the wild beast. That sounds like fun. You know, he he is struggling along with the rest of them. He is there as a support and trying to be strong and solid, but at the same time, it's it's a battle. So when when there was that need to breathe, she allowed it. And other times where, okay, I know that you probably feel like you need to breathe, but we need to push through and do more, she would she found that way to balance that all out. And I, I really have nothing but admiration for Jasmine. I, I, I really have been blessed by her. Yeah, I, um, I'll say for myself, because the um, Diary of Perpetua was the first musical I had done probably like myself since college when I auditioned for it. And I wasn't known as a, a musical actor. I was a, a play actor. I did lines. I didn't sing. And right. Um, I came to the audition and I was doing stuff. And then she, she and I, I was there for like two hours. My audition was supposed to be 10 minutes. For the, for when we did the, about right. When we yep. did the stage version repertory pr production of, of Diary of Perpetual before uh, uh, um, the, mo the movie. And, um, and she said, all right, I'm going to have, like in the room, she said, I'm going to have you play this part and this part and this part. And I was like, oh, you're casting me right now. And I drove home and then I emailed her later and I said, could you put that in writing? Because I don't believe that you actually hired me on the spot. <laughs> and then and then it was it was two weeks of hard, hard work to to get the music down. I mean, I, the music is, again, we're talking complicated. It's very oh complicated, very complex. And she said the most, she said the most lovely thing to me halfway through because I thought I wasn't doing it well. And I was like, because it's all harmony you can't like rely on on what you normally do of like singing in a group choir a group and just right. matching with someone you have to sing your own part your own bit your part. Yep. and she said to me I said to someone I was like oh I, I I wish I was a better singer I'm not a good singer and she says no you're a good singer you just never had a director take the time to actually teach you mm. And by the end, yep. she's like, you're a singer. So how was, how was that in terms of learning? Cause I know, I think you got y'all, y'all's rehearsal were over, over Zoom, which can be tricky with music anyway. So how was the rehearsals with the music? So the, the rehearsals, I will tell you the rehearsals with the music over Zoom were a little tricky um, when we were trying to do it in a group because there is the weird lag that happens and you would be singing and then all of a sudden someone else would I'm like, ah, um, <laughs> so it, it got, but, but the one-on-one -on -one stuff was fine when she would get together. Like I got together with her a couple of times over zoom um, and was able to, um, to go through some of the, I mean, satirist doesn't have a ton to sing, but he does have some very specific lines uh, and then the other thing I was able to do is before we even started filming, because I am local, I was able to drive up to Massachusetts and, and record the tracks mm. ahead of time. Most of them, not everything, but certainly the, the, the individual things that I needed to do. So um, 
that was good. It was hard. I will also tell you this, um, though she did encourage me to use it. The day that I was coming up, there's the, the song that we sing uh, over Secundalis, um, So Goodbye. Yeah. Dies, so goodbye. Um, that morning, I had I found out that a, a, a friend of mine who I had been a missionary with had passed away from COVID mm. that day. Wow. And she said to me, okay you can use that. I'm like, well, I don't want to turn into a puddle here. And she goes, well, if you need to, it's okay. She said, just use it. Mm. I said, okay. So, but she was right there. Um, great recording uh, sound engineer who ended up also uh, being an atmosphere person in the movie. Yes, he um, was. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, so glad to see him. And, you know, it was, it was good. Again, not without its struggles. I mean, it was it was a tough schedule. We we were yeah. we were making it work. But well, and, uh, and I and I think I've told the story before online too. But while we were rehearsing, she wanted us to get. So you didn't have it as bad as I did. We had um, because we were coming to Pilgrim Church in in Beverly, and we were rehearsing in there. She decided she wanted us to get atmospheric, um, um, um. Uh, interpretation in, ter- in the sense of like we need to know what it's like to be in the complete dark in a jail cell and there's no um and you can kind of be like oh it's pretend it's what but you, there's a line that you cross yep. and jasmine yep. is is a habitual line crosser so she put us all in, <laughs> in a room this is like eight o'clock at night in a room <laughs> and closed the door and started banging on the walls we were only the only ones in the church so she could do this started banging on the walls and shouting as if she was a guard we're in complete dark the only thing lighting us is the moon which happened to be out for a little bit and by the end you want to talk about uh, a puddle i was a puddle of tears and i could not be consoled for almost, we had to take a 30 minute break because i could i could not stop crying um because i was uh, i was thinking of you know a couple of people who had passed as well recently too so you know like every good artist she yep. says exactly what she needs to say to get you to go where you need to go and then you as an actor do the rest of the job and then you know drive home in puddles of tears <laughs> yeah Yep, listening, um, listening to listening to like um, classical sad music, or you know what have you. Yep. Like yes, many a phone call as I would be leaving the shoot, plug my phone in and call my wife. Okay, here we go. I'm unloading for a little while. She's like, "Okay, I got you, honey," uh, which was awesome. But yeah, um, yeah, I, the 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 Zoom rehearsal, obviously, yeah, we couldn't do the the darkness thing, but she did give us. Gosh, she gave us uh, like she she would give us like guidance. Like the, one of the very first rehearsals we had, she asked me to lead a Bible study. Yeah, and I'm like, I said, what? I, what you know, and my brain is like, wait, do you mean wait? Who's leading this Bible study? She's like, Satiris is leading a Bible study. Catechesis, you need to teach your people. Okay, and so I put something together. Uh, and then watching everybody else come into that mm. and start asking questions. Uh, Charles was so eager. I mean, my gosh, the guy couldn't, he was like, I can, can I ask another question? Uh, sure. <laughs> and we went and we went and we went until Jasmine was finally like, guys, you can keep asking questions if you want, but we're done. I mean, time is up. Yeah. But if you, you know, um, it was, it was just so, uh, 
encouraging because from that moment I was like, oh wait, they are actually seeing Satyrus as the shepherd. That's who he's supposed to be. So now we, yeah. you know, so she found those ways to put us in those places. She had yeah. us improv to the point of finding out that, um, oh man, why am I, Ty's character was, shoot. Oh, uh, uh, Secundalus. Uh, no, uh, Saturnus. Yes, because he was so close to Saturnus. Yes, Saturninus. Yes, Ninus. That's what we thought. Saturninus and Secundalus. I know that because that was my role. I I was tied back in the day, but yeah, go ahead. Oh, you were okay. You're sorry. So, um, to the point we were we were just doing some improv about them being in the house church and who their relationship with their families were and all those kinds of things. And the next thing I have coming out of their mouths is they're knocking on Satyrus's door, wondering if they can live there. <laughs> so it suddenly went from he was just the leader of the house church to, oh, I have two wards all of a sudden. <laughs> well, and, I and that she, continued when I was there. Well, I was going to say, I know, you know that that happens like it's uh, almost a form of method acting to kind of get you in the, in the spirit, especially if you're playing, um, obviously, a role that you know the centuries ago and that would yeah. also take into effect that you're playing a real person and you want to do them homage absolutely wanted yeah absolutely wanted to honor these people yeah and um so and obviously the premiere is coming up um i have seen some clips from the final cut and it's really quite something um, I, I have as well um Thankfully, Jasmine's been able to share a few of those with me that I'm using for my reel uh, eventually. Uh, <laughs> haven't yet. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it really is quite something. Um, yeah. The, the, one of the things that I, I, I'm amazed by is just the, 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 the scenes shot in the prison were very, are very raw. They're, mm. they're not incredibly well lit and incredibly, you know, polished, which is good because it's prison and it's third century prison right so yeah. we're not talking about hey this law looks great we're talking about yeah it's going to be dark and dingy and hard to see and now what's happening um yeah yeah it was never I, i'm I know, very much looking forward to it so. yeah and i know it was it was never about making it look pretty and that's probably why she she and that's one of the big things she and i talked about being the cinematographer if i may um, but um basically it was it was always about going within the real reality of the scene and what have you so it was almost like um it was almost like being a student filmmaker all over again, where I could take away all of the technicality stuff that I knew and just kind of have two cameras going at one time and, and what have you. Yeah, it was beautiful. And I will say one of my favorite scenes that I've seen so far is the, the baptism scene. Um, okay, See, I haven't seen that yet. Oh, I've seen it and it is, it is beautiful. Although some of it is also knowing how that was filmed in that cold water. <laughs> water. <laughs> <laughs> in uh, in the Atlantic Ocean, oh. off off of Be the Beverly Coast, with Amelia Smith, my assistant, on your shoulders, on my shoulders, with the camera <laughs> looking well, down. Yeah. It, you yep. know why? Because because one... you're because you're so dang tall. That's why. <laughs> I know, I know, I am, I am, I'm huge. I am. I'm six foot four. I. So anybody who's listening, yeah, you just need to picture a, a really tall guy. Anyway, and that's. I mean, it is who I am. Uh, yeah. make no apologies for my height because it's you know how god made me but um 
that scene, I, I can remember standing on the, the shore and looking at everybody and suddenly I, me or somebody said out loud, you guys know we have to do this in one take, right? That was me. And everyone went, it was, was you, me, there we go. Yeah. yeah, and everyone's like, wait, what? I'm like, no, absolutely, because if we don't, uh, we don't have time to dry off. Yeah. <laughs> has to be done in a take. And I remember Nushig standing on the shore with me. And she said, she played the deaconess who helped baptize. And she said, I don't want to go in the water. <laughs> and I said, and she, she, she and I have talked about this since then. And she said to me, she goes, I wouldn't have done it without you. Jasmine said, action. And I said, okay. And I grabbed her hand and we started walking. Yeah. And she started slowing down and I didn't. Yeah. I'm a big guy. I just kept bringing her with me. And we got in the water only up to her waist. Because, well, as Jasmine said, if you go up to your waist, Richard, you know, we're going to lose Nushing. So let's <laughs> not to ever swept up to sea. So well, I was like, also, okay, so we got, we yeah. got deep enough. Well, but, and also that yeah. was an hour discussion before while you guys were all getting ready and you know kibitzing uh, and whatnot of jasmine i'd be right. like okay how are we going to do this <laughs> in right. one how, take yes, how one are shot. we going to do this in one take that's one right one take one shot and we were like calling i was like okay dunker all right dunk them <laughs> right and yeah. and and then being a and again with with uh jasmine having that kind of sensitivity when when kyla was a little nervous mm -hmm. um I, I that moment of us literally so Felicitas hugs her first, but the rest of us just came around and just wrapped her. Yeah. And um, while I don't think that could be in the movie because it wasn't really part of the baptism, it was an amazing moment for all of us to be able to say this, this is, we're here. Yeah. And we're yeah. not getting out of the water and we're not upset. Yeah. You, you, we're here for you to yeah. make this happen. It'll be know? in the, it'll be in the blooper reel. That works. <laughs> but yeah, because, well, because yeah. Uh, Kyla neglected to tell us until five minutes before we went in that she was afraid of water. Yeah. The poor girl. And we didn't know I that. Know. And we were just like, oh God, just something that, so, yep. you know, by the, as they say, by the grace of God, go I. Um, yep. Yep. So, so for anyone who, uh, if, if you're listening to this before April 10th, Diary of Petra premieres on April 10th Gordon, at Gordon College in, uh, in Wenham. So Gordon College in Wenham, Massachusetts um, at the Ken Olson Science Center at the uh, McDonald Auditorium. Uh, tickets are available on Still Small Theater, theater spelled T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot com. Um, uh, there are they're going to be hors d'oeuvres, live entertainment, the first screening of the film, as well as a panel discussion, and you'll be able to meet actors, take pictures, and and have a good time. Richard, are you going to be joining us? Oh, I will absolutely be there, and I'm happy to say that my wife is coming, and my daughter and a friend of hers are coming as well. So, um, yeah. In fact, it was very, I will tell you it was rather funny because I bought my daughter and her friends tickets for them. Oh, and and I got a message from Jasmine saying, "You do know you didn't have to buy tickets, right? You're coming for free." I was like, "I laughed." It's like, "Yeah, no, no, that was for my daughter and a friend." She was like, oh, okay, good. <laughs> I, like, I appreciated her checking, but yeah. yeah. Well, okay. un uh, unfo unfortunately, I uh, my wife can't be there. Um, she'll oh, be no. watching. Well, she'll be watching my dear son, who will be napping at that moment in time. All right. Um, but I will, and my son's still too young to um, 
to sit through something like that. But I, I but I personally will be there. My Excellent. mom, my mom, I believe, is has said she's going to come. A couple of close friends of mine and a close friend of mine has uh, said she'll um, come with me and be my the ipso facto like your premier plus one. Uh, plus one kind of thing. Yeah. So there you go. your um, buddy, there you my go. premier buddy, exactly. So um, well. Uh, so Richard, uh, um, it's been so much fun talking to you. Uh, um, before we go to the last section of our, our interview, um, tell people where they can find you. I know you just uh, published a, a website recently. So uh, where can people so, find you and see your stuff and what have you? So wrichardjohnsonproductions.com is my website. You can also look on YouTube for W. Richard Johnson. Um, yes, I go by my middle name. Always have. That's uh, why there's the W and then the Richard. Um, but yeah, so the, those are the probably the two best places to look for me. Is uh, there is a link if you go to wrichardjohnsonproductions.com, you will get um, there is a link to my YouTube page on that website as well. Um, I will make sure I subscribe to your uh, page uh, relatively soon. Um, cool. And um, yeah, Richard is. Amazing. Wait, wait, you're gonna go to my YouTube page and subscribe? Yeah, that'd be awesome because then I will stop having 199. <laughs> I try. Um, I need my 200. You need your 200. Um, uh, uh, but um, yeah, it's it's been amazing. I got to see uh, Richard got to read one of my newer plays that um, is not out yet, but I I need to. Uh, uh, get back to and it, he was absolutely fantastic to so the point where I wrote it for um, Richard's Richard from my ear of how I hear Richard's voice so um, it has recently been uh, performed and apparently it was a huge success so I am in the process of revising it and making it even better and uh, at some point I'll do a full um, production of it uh, uh, maybe on zoom we'll see so we'll see what happens um, but anyway to finish up, um, just like inside the actor studio, I do like to do the um, 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 questionnaire uh, created by Bernard Pivot um, based on the Proust questionnaire. So 10 questions, Richard, what's your favorite word? My favorite word? Yes. Uh, right now, redemption. And actually that's the name of the that's the what don quixote has been retitled as funny enough um, is it really oh, yeah it's called awesome. it's called <laughs> Red, redemption of don quixote's story um uh, and uh, what's your least favorite word least favorite word um man strife uh, what excites you what uh, interests you just in general Oh my gosh, um, <laughs> so many things, uh, but let me keep, see how much I can keep this. Uh, truly uh, seeing people change, learn, grow, uh, find new ways to do things, to let their creativity out that I, I just, I love it. Just watching it. I love being a part of it, but I love watching somebody find their creativity and let it, let it happen, let it flow. Um, what uh, doesn't excite you? What kind of doesn't uh, um, inspire you? What doesn't inspire me? People who uh, feel like all they want to do is argue with you and be right all the time without <laughs> having a discussion. I know, I know a lot of those people. I'm related to some. Yeah. Um, what's, <laughs> what sound or noise do you love? Sound. I love the sound of laughter. Absolute, genuine laughter. 
Um, what sound or noise do you hate? Okay, you know that high-pitched scream that teenage, preteen <laughs> girls do? That one right there, that little high-pitched My daughter, to the point that when my daughter was growing up, she would say to her friends, my dad doesn't like that stop. Because <laughs> I was trying to be a good dad, but, you know, anyway, it just you know, did bad things to me. So, yeah. I, I, just, I just saw a recent uh, theater production where it was all preteens and teens in the audience. And I forgot how loud they scream when they're like oh, excited about God. something. Yeah, I know. It was, I couldn't hear for almost um, half an hour on the drive back. Yep. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, now this, um, obviously I, I know you very well, but um, this is a PG rated uh, podcast. Uh, but what is your favorite curse word? Oh my, do I have a favorite curse word? I, I am a big fan of making them up <laughs> and saying something. Okay, let me, I'm going to tell you my favorite curse word. This actually, and it is the name of a town. Okay. I, I broke down in this town one time in Illinois and it was awesome, not because I broke down, but because I didn't have to swear when I told people that I threw a rod through my engine in Effingham. <laughs> that is the name of the town it's always fun when towns are named stuff like that like intercourse pennsylvania yep. and and uh yes. effing town yeah e effingham um, yeah effingham illinois really is a real place yep what profession but what profession other than yours would you like to attempt <laughs> oh we already talked about this i i don't do anything else uh well i guess what we'd have to do is figure out what i what my profession is. Um, I hate to say that, but you know, I'm a, I'm an entertainer. So what would I like to do other than entertain? Oh my gosh. I have been told, and if I had to change professions, I would actually like to be a young elementary school teacher, but young elementary. I think you'd be good. Kindergarten, first, first, second, third grade, that, that kind of area yeah. that, that I would, I would enjoy that. Yeah. I think you'd be good at that. Uh, what profession would you not like to try? Oh, well, uh, how long we got? Uh, so the <laughs> biggest one that I wouldn't want to try. Uh, okay, like CPA. Uh, again, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't sit and, and, and just do numbers all day. Right. I actually have a friend who keeps asking me if I want to write code for computers, and I keep smiling at him and saying, no, I don't want to write code for computers. And um, obviously, obviously uh, for you, heaven exists, but what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the Berlin Gates? Uh, those same words that so many want to hear. I want to hear well done. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Richard uh, Johnson. Uh, again, if you have not, uh, if this is in the future, April 10th will be the premiere of the Diary of Perpetua in uh, Wenham, Massachusetts. If this is the past, um, I do know what the plan is afterwards, but I'm not going to say it yet because I know um, uh, Jasmine has that under lock and code and I don't want to I don't want to get hurt. Um, I don't but, know what it is either. So uh, here we but, go. I can't. But I can't, I can't. but but you shall but you sh uh, shall see the movie. Um, Richard it has been uh, lovely, and thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Matthew. And have a wonderful night. Uh, take care of everyone. Please be nice to each other, and uh, no violence, please. What would you give to never have to worry about the way your body looks ever again? Hi, I'm Jackie, body image expert, confidence coach, and owner of Confident Girl Hotline. 
We are here to help you heal the relationship you have with your body by healing the trauma in your body that has been inflicted upon you by the diet and wellness industry. We do this through somatic healing. We are running one-on-one -on -one sessions virtually, group classes, and even doing workshops for both adult women and teen girls. Please check us out at www.confidentgirlhotline.com. We're also on Instagram and TikTok. When you're looking to plan your next Disney World, Disneyland, or Disney Cruise Line vacation, we suggest you reach out to Danielle Elliott at Marvelous Mouse Travels. Danielle is a long, uh, lifelong Disney enthusiast, a former Walt Disney World cast member, and a graduate of the College of Disney Knowledge. When you book with her, your booking includes 100% free concierge level services, uh, some of which include customizing the perfect Disney vacation package for your, you and your family and your budget, uh, booking those difficult to secure fast passes and dining reservations, uh, providing tips and tricks to get out the most of your vacation and more. Uh, Danielle also monitors Disney promotions to help you save money for those uh, Disney trip veterans still be in control of all the details. Danielle will take care of all your needs so you can have all the fun and truly say Akuna Matata throughout your time at Disney. Contact her for your free quote at danielle.elliot at marvelousmousetravels, one word, dot com, or by messenger, messen, messaging her on her Facebook page.